When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Seven Chakras, episode 266. What goes around comes around. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, the show where we provide ancient wisdom for the modern mind, along with action steps to upgrade your life condition. So if you're new to the show, then I want to give you a warm, warm welcome. And before we actually begin today's episode, I've got a couple of announcements to make. Firstly, over the years, many of you have reached out saying that you'd like to support our show in some way. Uh, so recently, I started a Patreon page for people that would like to support our movement. Visit my 7 forward slash Patreon. That's my 7 forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And for those of you who don't know, Patreon is a platform that allows you to donate a small amount each month to support the expenses that go into creating a show like this such as podcast production, graphics, and equipment. And this way, you will take off uh, a load off our shoulders, and I'll be able to provide you a uh, more number of episodes, higher quality content, and life-changing information at your fingertips. To learn more, go to my 7 forward slash Patreon, and you can get started for as little as $7. Also, to download the my 7 Chakras reading list based on books that have been recommended on the show, visit my 7 forward slash reading list. Once again, to access the free downloadable PDF document, visit my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. And now, let's bring you our special guest for today, Lee McCormick. So Lee, are you ready to inspire? Absolutely, AJ. Awesome. That's really exciting. Born into a tribe of movers and shakers, Lee McCormick has always lived out loud. He's the founder of the Integrative uh, Life Center in Nashville, the Ranch Recovery Center in Tennessee, and the Canyon Treatment Center in Malibu, California, and has been a creative force in the mental health and recovery scene for over 20 years. And he founded Spirit Recovery Inc. to produce healing and recovery conferences and spiritual journeys around the world. Lee is also a co-founder of Front Porch Partners, a consulting management and research development company working in the medical and behavioral health disciplines. And today we're going to talk about um, his amazing book, uh, which dives into the power of the heart and allows us to reconnect with that special part of us that we often forget or maybe have been disconnected from. So thanks a lot for joining me once again, uh, Lee. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Great. Now, like we always begin, uh, we begin with an inspirational quote. So what is your favorite inspirational quote and how do you apply it in your life? Okay, so this is a very simple one. It's not like some great philosophical quote. Mm. It it seems to reflect life to me, and it's simply what goes around comes around. And, you know, it's it's been my experience in life that, that the quality of the way I approach the things that I do um, and the quality of the relationship that I carry um, in everything that I do in my life really sets the the tone and the frequency um, for the experience that I'm going to have and the experience that I'm going to put into the world, you know. And so, like we say, you know, we get what we give or we give what we get. Um, 
it's it's that reciprocating relationship with life you know that that i'm completely responsible for the energy that i put into the world for the attitude that i hold for the way that i interact with everybody and everything in my life and what i find is that you know i really literally end up experiencing my own points of view and my own opinions and, and my own projections all the time. So being conscious of that and aware of that um, just allows me to, to, to maintain a mindful relationship with all of it. You know, what goes around comes around. So take it easy. Marvel. Um, yeah. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that with us, Action Tribe. I hope you're listening to this powerful quote, what goes around comes around. So be very mindful, very intentional of where you're putting your energy and your attention, because at the end of the day, uh, that will determine the experiences, the people and the interactions that you have. Um, so so what goes around comes around. Remember that. Now, Lee, uh, let's begin. What inspired you to write your book? It, it, this book is it's actually the third book um, that I've been a part of. I usually work with co-writers. Mm-hmm. I love to collaborate on projects. I love to bring different points of view, you know, different people that I respect together and share points of view. It, it helps mm-hmm. us get a, a broader perspective. Um, and this book happened as a result of, of that, you know, that uh, – that way of doing things that, that I've developed. Um, so I was with a group of friends in Santa Fe, New Mexico during a mental health addictions conference. Um, all of the authors that are on that, that are on this book. And we actually got into a conversation about the evolution of, of healing work and the, the merging together of what have been seen as, as very different approaches, you know, whether you could say it's Western medicine or Ayurvedic or, or Chinese or, you know, we, we humans tend to, we create silos with our information and our knowledge and our belief systems. And we were talking about all the years of experience we've had working in the mental health and addictions treatment world, um, the challenges of that work, the, the, the frustration with the lack of overall what you might call success or effectiveness and like how many lives are actually really changing Mm -hmm. you know for the better how many people are we really inspiring to 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 find a connection to their heart and soul again and to live a life that they love waking up to in the morning um and that that conversation actually came around to well you know what between us if we could get together and create a, a book um, we might just capture something, you know, something new, something, um, something that's really rooted in, gosh, over 200 years of experience that we had between us. And so I took it on as being the kind of the, 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 the boss of the project. <laughs> and I, I drove the wagon and, and everyone else contributed and we got her done. Wonderful. So, so on that same topic, um, what do you mean by living from the heart? Because you did mention and you did allude to it, but what do you really mean by living from the heart? Living from a, a conscious relationship with with how it feels, with the feeling aspect of being human, with our intuition is one aspect, our passion is an aspect. Um, that deeper sense of inspiration, deeper than just the thoughts of the mind, mm-hmm. um, the voices of the mind, you know, the, the personality, um, as, as interesting and entertaining as all of our personalities are, our personalities don't run very deep, right, right. you know, and so we, we tend to be dominated by, by the loudest voice in our, the loudest voices within us. And that typically is the ego and the mind and the personality. And what I've found is if you can develop a deeper relationship and learn to hear and feel that voice of your heart and your spirit, it opens us up to a, to an other broader relationship to the way we live our life. 
Got it. Got it. Thanks Got it. a lot for sharing. So that is basically going beyond the ego, right? Going beyond the ego, going beyond the thoughts that uh, seem to dominate our, our our mind and sort of being more in touch with the intuition um, and, and, and what our heart is telling us, I guess. Now, you write about the medicine wheel, right, in, in the book. Could you give us an overview of what exactly this medicine wheel is? Well, the wheel is, of course, a circle. And the wheel is inclusive. We call it a medicine wheel, literally. Okay. I guess it can name that because it looks like a wheel laid out on the ground. Um, and in, in a lot of the traditions, there are many different traditions. Um, you know, a mandala is laid out in a wheel, in a circle. Um, so there are many traditions around the world that include the circle of life as such. And the medicine wheel is a reflection of the circle of life. And our use of the wheel um, it allows, and we speak to this, that, you know, being, being the fact being that there are so many traditions, this approach is not about everything being exactly correct or exactly right. According to any one tradition, it's about the fact that in our lives, we do tend to go, our life runs in big circles. You know, if you've been around more than, I don't know, 30 or 40 years, you realize the circular nature of life, how you, you tend to meet yourself again. You mm -hmm. tend to run into old relationships further down the road. You tend to, you know, old ideas might resurface, old pains or heartbreaks might resurface. And it's that circular nature of life that keeps bringing things back around to us again. So when you approach healing, and the engagement of our heart and our spirit back in our life again, we need to start at some point. You have to begin at the beginning. So you pick a point, and for this, for this book, that point would be the eastern aspect of the medicine wheel. And then you just follow the guidance. Um, you know, we have included different values, different awarenesses, um, different qualities in each of the four di primary directions, the east, south, west, and north. And that's, that's simply a guideline to allow us to direct our attention to those aspects of our life. And it's, it's all outside of the realm of judging it is this is the right way or this is the wrong way. It's not about that limited of, of a relationship with ourself or with life. It's about moving beyond judgment and mm -hmm. just work, working with what's being offered from a place of reflection, of awareness, um, of honesty, of, of, you know, ruthless truthfulness and honesty, um, and seeing what we might discover about ourselves so that we can undo the things that don't serve us and let them go, release them, and we can pursue the things that inspire us, that, that lighten our life up literally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... It's so it's not just a book, right? It's a guidebook or a workbook, sort of, where you're uh, encouraged to not just go through the book, but also take certain actions and go through certain questions. And then there's a lot of journaling, journaling also involved, correct? Yeah, there is. You know, I'm I when I was first when I first put myself on a what I call a waking up path. Yeah. Um, some 20 years ago, you know, at first I called it recovery, and but it pretty quickly became about more than what the term recovery represented. So it just became about waking up. Um, journaling was really challenging for me because it meant I had to stop and be still and focus on myself and look at, you know, like reflect on the last day and journal this last day as one example. Um, journaling, journaling is really profoundly powerful, much like meditation. Yeah. Um, you know, the journaling requires us to be still. It requires us to reflect on ourselves. It requires us to recapitulate um, that day or that week, whatever we're journaling on, and to sit with, with what comes, you know. Um, when you get involved, and you don't have to be a writer to journal. You can just journal little notes, man. You do it the way it works for you. There's not a wrong way to do it. It's simply a matter of doing it and you know, sit down, develop the discipline, which serves us always, developing a little more discipline, and give that time and attention to ourself because we're worthy of it. You know, step out of the 
out of the chase, out of the game, out of the pursuing things or longing for things and engage right here, right now and reflect on your life. Um, get to know yourself, get to know the way you live and interact in life and in the world as you as you do this journaling work. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I've also found uh, journaling to be really powerful. Firstly, I mean, I try to maintain a, a physical journal uh, as opposed to a digital, you know, online um, uh, file, for example. And what I found is, uh, firstly, just having that physical journal allows me to pause, like you've suggested, uh, allows me to reflect and, and disconnect from from uh, the digital world. And there's something to say definitely about when your pen meets the paper and the imprint that it creates on our brains, right? It, it, it sort of has the effect of tapping into some part of our subconscious mind and allows us to bring forth thoughts and maybe ideas uh, that we never really articulated before. Yeah, you know, I <laughs> completely agree. It's, um, I really believe in journaling on paper. I just, mm. I just do maybe because I'm an old guy, but you know, <laughs> there's a very different energy and a very different yeah. connection when you hold a pen or hold a pencil and you're writing on a piece of paper that, you know, just the discipline of, yeah. of your penmanship yeah. brings yeah. a focus and brings an intention to the practice that if you're typing, it's not the same. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And also you can type really quickly, right? And so I guess when you're typing... Uh, very often you're missing the opportunity to um, sort of summarize the experience, which requires some processing, some mental processing, as yeah. opposed to just, you know, just typing it all off and, and, and you know, disconnecting. Well, you could say it's about the quality, not the quantity. Yes, yeah. exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, and it also gives us a pause because, um, mm. you, you know, you won't just write a bunch of random <laughs> you won't just mind um, a bunch of random words if yeah. you're having to write it by hand because you get tired of writing. So you're more reflective, I think, in the midst of the process. Whereas if you're typing, you just, you know, blah, 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 you just dump it out on paper or dump <laughs> it on a, on a screen. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, now, uh, since we're speaking about the heart, we're speaking about journaling and we're speaking about reflection, I want to talk a bit about um, uh, consciousness, because in your book, you write about uh, the multiple realms of consciousness, right? So could you talk to us a bit about that? Sure. Um, so the three realms of consciousness that I wrote about in the book came from my experience, my direct experience, um, working with, with curanderas and with, with shaman in Mexico. I, I've lived in, in and out of Mexico for 20 years. And it was it was not ayahuasca. You know, it wasn't plant medicine based work. It was mm -hmm. literally just consciousness and energy and awareness and learning to connect to the light. Um, and there's there are some amazing mythologies among all the peoples, you know, of the earth um, that have so much to offer us in in in, a, in opening our awareness and bringing a context to the depth of our experiences. And so in the, um, one of the ancient cultures, one of the mystery schools, um, of Mexico in the Toltec realm, there were three distinct worlds. Um, the upper world, you know, the realm of the angels of the masters, you could say it's a more refined energetic world. Um, a lighter, higher, more refined consciousness. And then there's the middle world, this world that we're living in, mm -hmm. um, which is a physically, a physical manifestation of a world. You know, it's denser. We have furniture and we have sand and dirt and water and air. We have this entire manifestation of creation that is from the mystery school point of view, this entire physical world is literally manifest of the higher energies of, right. you know, of the upper world. And then the underworld place for me is, I, I've kind of taken my own interpretation of the underworld place, but the underworld place for me is a place 
where you run into a lot of conflict. You run into more or less the conditionality of life, that energy of everything is conditional. Everything is based in judgment. Um, you run into how pervasive fear becomes, um, you know, how disempowering living life from reaction is. And the underworld, it can be seen as a place of suffering, of challenges, of darkness. It also is a place that's really in service to us because through our challenges, through our darkness, through our pain and our heartbreak and our suffering, all of those aspects of life keep pushing on us to question ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it all keeps inviting us to pay attention. So, you know, certainly there are different aspects of suffering. There's literal physical suffering. There's a suffering of starvation. You know, there, there's a, an innate um, suffering that I don't know, you know, I don't know what the offering of that is necessarily unless you want to get real esoteric. But I, I'm speaking more of emotional suffering, heartbreak suffering, you know, the suffering of trauma, um, the suffering of, you know, of just having made choices in your life that didn't work out and then indulging in a story about it, you know. So that kind of suffering is an invitation from life to pay attention. So, you know, would you like to learn from this? Would you like to turn this, this what appears as a curse in your life, would you like to change your relationship with that and see if you can't make it an ally? Or, or, or work as an alchemist and turn that curse into a blessing and see how you might use that experience to raise yourself up instead of holding yourself down. Got it. So, so, so thanks a lot for sharing an action tribe. I hope you are listening. Uh, Lee spoke about the three worlds, the upper world, which uh, is a more refined energetic world, the middle world where we're living right now, which has the physical manifestations of maybe all the ideas and thoughts uh, from the upper world and you have the you know your table in front of you you have your physical body um, and you have all the objects around you and then you have the underworld which is uh, i guess of the lower energies that of fear uh, judgment uh, reaction based living and lee you've uh, written in your book and you talk about the gift of suffering right so uh, is is it true that uh, the things that we're suffering or we're going through right now are actually a gift in disguise and that we can use them to to actually uh, progress and, and to maybe even take our uh, selves to the next level? Well, of course, yeah. I mean, I, it's, all a, it's all a matter of choice in the point of view that we hold toward me in my life's journey I could never get comfortable living under the energy of all the judgment and fear and the shame of my past behaviors, my past habits or patterns or, you know, the issues I've had in my life. Um, I, I, there was something in me that, that just could not settle for labeling myself as something less than and normal or less than healthy or less than whole, you know, and it it wasn't ego. It was a deeper sense that it's like my heart and my spirit said, you know what, Lee, you've been a mess in your life. There's no arguing about that, but that mess doesn't define what you are. It's, it's simply what you've lived. It's, it's the experience you've had here, you know, and, our culture is so reason based and so judgment oriented. We tend to want to define people based in some some book of knowledge, and then throw away the key. You know. Well, the truth is, um, there's such suffering in our world. That's that's. I don't know what would you call it. The suffering is literally it's 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 the result of conscious choice. Mm-hmm. The suffering is. You know, so much of our suffering is it's literally the result of conscious choice. Well, life is cause and effect. Life is action reaction. Life doesn't know judgment. The mind of man is is seems to be completely obsessed with this this judgment thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So to to shift the relationship with suffering 
away from judgment, away from taking it personally, um, away from defining myself as the result of my experiences or defining myself, period. Um, in that regard, suffering offers us an opportunity to question ourselves, to ask why, but not from a victim place, to ask why from a place of awareness and a place of openness, you know. So what really caused this here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that, that leads us to question in our stories. You know, if we're going to be free of the heaviness, the heavy energy of, of suffering, the the heavy energy of judgment and fear. If we're going to be free of that, I think it's required that we learn how we have come to indulge in it so much. You know, we've (laughs) developed an appetite for judgment. We develop an appetite for fear and suffering. And so, you know, we, we dance with it. It's like a dance partner. Well, if you want to change the quality of your life, we need to first learn how to begin to question ourselves question those relationships and and question them from a place of 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 honesty and innocence and open-mindedness rather than questioning from a place of judgment got it so so thanks a lot for sharing that and i think that is really really powerful you mentioned that our current life state uh, where we are in life is sort of a sum total of the habits, the belief patterns, uh, the thoughts and the feelings that we are having on a day to day basis. Right. And uh, although we are in that place, it is of our own volition and, and, and we do have control over uh, what we think, feel and believe. And we can change that. And a large part of it is firstly recognizing, uh, you know, where we are at. So, uh, Lee, how did you go about uh, you know, you know, making that change from where you were to, you know, the paths that you now wanted to embark on, and, and what's that story like? Um, well, like you know, I I didn't get into the drug and alcohol treatment business innocently, um, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, I, I grew up in the in the '60s and '70s, and and I was I played music professionally for for a lot of years. I still play, but, you know, so I was on the road playing music and it was just, it was that time, you know, and, and drugs and alcohol were a part of that world. And so of course I was in the middle of it. Well, you know, later on in life, when I was 40 years old, I'd gotten to a point to where the behaviors that I developed in my twenties, um, and early thirties, you know, I was I was getting tired of the behaviors, but the behaviors owned me. I, right. like, you know, I, I just had a very narrow bandwidth of of causes and effects and actions and reactions that I lived with. So I checked myself into a treatment center, um, and that opened the door to me really coming to question my entire life again. You know, and. Being 40 years old and stepping in, and I thought I knew who I was, right? You know, I, I believed the things I had been taught growing up. I had uh, I had accepted all of that information to be fact. Well, you know, as life has it, um, I think any time we sincerely come into a place of questioning ourselves, you know, of asking life, you could say asking God, however you want to frame that. When we sincerely find our place in a in a in a in a place of of loss, a place of in between the worlds kind of a place, like you're not sure which end is up. You don't you don't really know for sure if anything you believe is true or not. But we cling to what we think we know because it gives us a sense of security. When we find our place in that that I call it a no man's land. When we find our place in that limbo, um, and I found my, myself in that limbo, I just said to life, you know what? I know there's something more going on here than what I believe and what I've been living, and I don't know what it is. And if, if you'll help me find that connection, I'll say yes to the opportunities to, to stretch or to, mm-hmm. to experience something new, you know, and – and life responded. You know, I don't know if life responded or if those opportunities were always around me 
But I know I started to realize they were there. And I started saying yes and trying new stuff, you know, from something as simple as going to a yoga class or a meditation group or a course in miracles. Or I did a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I it, and it was it was really a, a part of myself that was deeper and greater and, and and more aware and more loving than than I knew myself to be. It was like I discovered a deeper part of myself that I actually didn't really have a relationship with because I had lived so personality oriented all my life. Mm-hmm. So you, it's amazing, isn't it? Like you start realizing, Oh my gosh, there's so much more to me as a human being than what I thought I knew. And I thought I knew it all. <laughs> and you find mm-hmm. out you don't know anything. Absolutely. I love that you, you, you discovered that there's so much more to life and then you put out that request, right? You put out that request to the universe for some support and then you received it and then you were also open to new experiences and then you took action. Like you mentioned, you you you, you decide, decided to learn the Course in Miracles or you enrolled in, in one of those workshops and then you went and learned about yoga and that sort of started your, your journey. And as you mentioned, self-inquiry is very powerful, right? As we spoke about journaling, we spoke about um, the the process of understanding where we are at in terms of our beliefs and um, and habits and uh, and our pat- daily patterns. So you did mention that self inquiry powers the journey around the wheel, right? So could you elaborate a bit more on this? Sure. Well, you know, as we know, one thing leads to another. You ask one question, and and you get a you get a feeling or a sense of a response from life and then another question. And so as I started looking in the mirror or as we start looking in the mirror at ourselves, I think it's, it's inevitable that you begin to realize that our entire life is connected together like a tapestry. You know, it's, it's like a, our life is like a prayer rug um, <laughs> that's woven, yeah. that's woven together you know, from beliefs and experiences and agreements and judgments and knowledge and information um, and inspiration. It's like the entire energetic of, of your life, of my life, of the listener's life, the entire energetic of our life is seems to me to be woven together like a tapestry of light. Okay. And yes, we have a physical body. Um, and yet what we are is consciousness is not not limited to our physical body. And it certainly it may be contained in it, but it's greater than just the physical body. So as we begin to step into the wheel, we step into the wheel as our whole self, whether we're aware of that or not, you know, um, whether we understand that or not. When we step into a process of self-inquiry or self-discovery, it's our whole being that comes present. And as we move from the from or through the different aspects represented in the medicine wheel journey in the east, in the south, in the west, as we look into the reflection of the different values or the different stages of life um, and we move around, more is always revealed. That's one of my favorite sayings that's really attributed to to AA, to Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, more will be revealed. Well, more will be revealed. Um, I I think more is always being revealed. We're just not necessarily paying attention. You know, our our attention is limited Um, or we've come to limit the way we we pay attention. But, um, you know, we, we just discover so much. And, and I, you know, my experience, AJ has been, that life is incredibly, it's like life is happy to, to reveal more to us. You know, it's like life gets excited when we show up for ourselves. Um, you know, and, and you can interpret that any way you want. I mean, you could say, yeah. you know, you can talk to Jesus or Buddha or Krishna or, you know, Tonkashila. You can talk to any of the spirit people. And, you know, I just, I, I've felt for 20 years now doing the work I do. And, and doing medicine wheel ceremonies and being in sweat lodge ceremonies and ceremony and, and prayer ceremonies, that life 
is genuinely excited to respond to us. Mm-hmm. But we have to take that first step. We have to step into that process. Life's not going to just come and get us. We have to show up. We got to meet it at least 50-50. So there you go, Action Tribe. And I found this as well in my life is that the universe and life is always excited and energized to work with us. Uh, but like we're, like we're learning today, we need to meet life in the universe uh, you know, halfway and we need to initiate that journey that then life will help us embark on. Uh, and Lee, what are some powerful questions uh, that can set in motion our spirit of inquiry? What are some powerful questions that you have found helpful in your life? Oh, man, I had so many people question me. Um, you know, one of the most powerful questions, and it's not a, it's not one with an easy answer, is just who am I really? Mm. You know, I, I wrote a book and we shot a documentary film called Dreaming Heaven um, about seven, eight years ago. Um, and the, the focus of that entire project it's available too. Dreaming Heaven is is on Amazon, um, and the film Dreaming Heaven is on um, Gaim TV. Um, but you know, the question is really, who am I really? And when we sit and look at our life, and you could say, well, you know, I was a commodities trader, and I was married to my first wife, and we had two daughters, and I lived. I had a whole life. It, you know, I had a whole existence going on there well my wife and i ended up getting a divorce my two those two daughters now are grown they're in their 30s you know i don't trade commodities anymore but that's really who i believed i was at that point in my life i was a commodities trader i was a cowboy you know Mm -hmm. i was um their father i was her husband um you know i was the roles that i lived And my identity really didn't run any deeper than the roles that I live. And so the question of who am I really came about after, you know, after a couple of my incarnations in this lifetime had melted away, had morphed and changed and evolved. And and I literally was more or less reincarnated. You know, I'm in the same body, but I've been reincarnated more than once in this lifetime. Um, Mm. you know, and so who am I really is one of the most powerful lasting questions because I've lived with that one now for 20 years. Um, I've lived with it for so long that I'm kind of at the point to where I don't really, I'm not really worried about it. I'm not worried about who I am really. What I, what I'm, what I live with is the quality of the choices that I'm making. How does it feel being me? You know, do I feel good being me? Do I feel good about the people and the places and the things that I'm doing? You know, is is do do I love my life? You know, and if I don't, then am I am I undoing things and and working on improving things from a place of acceptance and a in a place of of gratitude rather than from a place of judgment? Judgment's always out there to hook us. Mm-hmm. You know, judgment's always and, and living in a culture that's based in judgment, the culture is endlessly trying to hook us. And to believe in we're not good enough or we're less than or we're too much or, you know, there's something that we need to be buying in order to make ourselves more valuable. And it works, yep. works really well for capitalism, but it creates a miserable reality for humans. Got it. Now, now Lee, you spoke about judgment, and I think uh, judgment is uh, definitely uh, one of the challenges of the um, uh, society that we live in right I mean, people tend to judge one another um, so my my question is in this uh, you know society of judgment and um, you know there are some people who especially are listening to this episode right now who want to move past that right they want to change their lives they want to uh, um, uh, really assess who they really are and find out what the what identities they have attached to themselves and then go beyond that so in this context uh, of wanting to change, uh, of going past judgment, uh, what does it really mean to open your heart? Because whenever you want to make a change, there's always this fear 
of rejection, right? And being judged. So what does it really mean to open your heart? And have you heard about the phenomena of the heart wall? Of the heart? Heart wall. You know, I've heard that, you know, sometimes when a person has gone through a lot of rejection and uh, uh, I guess uh, trauma, then there's a phenomena of a little or maybe an energetic wall created around the heart that that protects. Yeah. Well, that totally makes sense. I mean, you know, it's it's comp it's a, it's a bit complex because to to come to shift to live in our life from our heart and our spirit. And when I say heart, of course, I'm speaking. I'm not speaking of the like the romantic heart. I'm speaking. Right. I'm speaking of the center of passion and spirit that each of us have. You know, inside of us that that anchor place where our life is, where our spirit's anchored in our body and in this world. Um, you know. To, to to deal with the judgment, it, it happens on multiple levels. I think um, it's very important to come to terms with how we do take things personally. Um, you know, Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, is one of the, to me, is one of the most fantastic books ever created, one of the greatest gifts mm. ever created. You know, and so, but we are conditioned to take things personally because it's the nature of our culture. And so, we want to believe that we don't really believe in ourselves. We don't really have faith in ourselves. We ask other people all the time to qualify, you know, or to validate us. That, well, what do you think? Should I do this? Should I do that? Mm. Um, and we invite opinions when, when honestly, we would be much better served to give that time and attention, to turn in our attention inward. And just sitting, possibly a meditation practice. Or if you don't meditate, go sit on the beach and look out at the ocean. Or go sit out in the yard and look up into a tree or up into the sky and just ask life. You know, I'm at a crossroads. Can you give me a sign? Give me a feeling. And, And realize that when you ask spirit for things, spirit doesn't have a need to respond in the next 15 minutes. Spirit. Spirit might respond right now, and spirit might not respond for weeks and might require that we're willing to sit with our question, to live with that unknown, to live with no response. You know, it's one of the gifts. It's one of the ways that that life teaches us patience, you know, because I think if you if you put an online class up, you know, and, and you offered a, a class in patience. Right. You have to mm. you have to sign up for seven years and pay in advance to <laughs> patients. Well, nobody's going to sign up for clash and patients because nobody's got right. patience for it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. Life, life teaches us in a in kind of a backdoor way. Life's very clever. Um, so, you know, I don't know, man, it's it's uh, there's a lot to coming back to the truth of who am I really and understanding that you're not wrong and you're not bad. You're good enough. You were born good enough. And we've been programmed to believe anything but we're good enough. We've been programmed to see ourselves and everything in life through these, these lenses of condition and judgment. And it just mm-hmm. undermines us and sabotages us. So, you know, I think you have to have faith in the unknown and you have to just ask or pray or meditate or the ability to see beyond the the limitations of the eyes of judgment, and I believe that opportunity will come to you, you know. But but you have to really have faith in the unknown, I think, for it to be delivered. So there you go, Action Tribe. Just because you have genuinely asked the universe for a sign or for someone to come your way, or for some next step, and maybe it's not come yet, it doesn't mean that the universe hasn't heard you. Like we're learning today, the universe operates at its own divine timing. Sometimes it might be immediately within five minutes, sometimes it might take a month, or maybe a year, but you got to remember that the universe was definitely hearing you, and that your moment will come soon. You just have to go beyond judgment, 
And again, like we're learning all these powerful questions about questioning what, who are you really? Are you the identities that you've attached yourself to? Or are you beyond that? Someone, something that, someone that is multidimensional uh, and can change uh, whenever they want. Now, Lee, for someone who is in this position right now, because most of our listeners, many of our listeners want to make a transition in their careers, in their life, in what they're doing as well. What advice do you have for someone who's currently struggling with finding their true purpose or maybe their calling in life? One of the, one of the most engaging, effective practices I've run into, um, and this is a shamanic practice. It's mm. very simple. It's just simply change your patterns. Break your patterns. And I mean the simple pattern of the way you drive to work in the morning, the way you drive home at night, or the train that you catch, um, or the the grocery store that you go to. Um, Change all those patterns that, from a reasonable point of view, all make perfect sense. And the truth is, the unspoken side of it is, is that look how look how narrow the scope of our life experience is when we frame our reality and give give so much power to our habits and our patterns so to break those patterns opens us up to seeing more of the world because literally you're driving down a different street and yep. because it's not a completely familiar street you we naturally pay more attention to what's there, you know. Um, when we break these patterns and these routines, it opens us up to life and it makes us more accessible to life. You understand? It doesn't just make life more accessible to us. It makes us more accessible to life. And so, you know, go in the grocery store and shop backwards. Yeah. You know, you get in such a habit that you start on one side of the grocery store and work your way across. We'll stop it. Do it differently. <laughs> Um, and mess with yourself that way. Have fun with yourself. You know, notice what a creature of habit you are. So if, if we spend the majority of our time supporting and, and feeding into and protecting our habits, because we do get a sense of security out of our habits. Things feel familiar, so we call it safe. Well, is it really safe? Or is it just simply so familiar that there's no room for anything for there, there's not much room for anything new to happen, and then we mm-hmm. call that safety. That's not safety. That's small and narrow. So change the little things first, and then allow more to be revealed. So Action Tribe, to read the entire show notes for today's episode and all the uh, pieces of wisdom that were shared, the book recommendation, the inspirational quote, and all the things in between. Make sure you go to my7chakras.com forward slash 266. That's the episode number for today. My7chakras.com forward slash 266. Action Tribe, if there's one thing that I've learned on my journey, one powerful habit, it is that reading books can change your life. In fact, at my home in Vancouver, I've got a huge bookshelf full of books, some I've read and some I've been meaning to read. But reading an entire book from cover to cover can take time, right? What if I told you that you could get a condensed summary of an entire book with all the need to know information and go through it in just 15 minutes? Wouldn't that be awesome? You need to know about Blinkist, which is an app made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of the books quickly without reading the entire book. With an audio feature, Blinkist makes it really easy to finish four books a day while you're on the go. And I like Blinkist because it's really convenient and they've got a massive and growing library. Most recently, I read the book 5am club by robin sharma the life-changing magic of tidying up by marie kondo who everyone is talking about right now and also caught up with the classic the seven habits of highly effective people i use blinkist when in transit and when taking a break in the coffee shop right now for a limited time blinkist has a special offer for our audience go to blinkist.com forward slash action tribe to start your seven-day trial that's blinkist spelled b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t blinkist dot com slash action tribe to start your free seven day trial blinkist dot com slash action tribe I am all knowing 
I am powerful and I am unlimited. Now, this is an amazing quote by Wayne Dyer, Action Tribe. This is a quote that has hit me really hard and is something that is so true. Be mindful of the words that you place in front of the words I am because whatever you say after I am is a proclamation into the universe like a strong vibration. So especially if you're experiencing a big struggle or a challenge in life, don't let your current surroundings dim the radiance of your imagination. In fact, like we're learning today, change your pattern, change what you're doing on a regular basis because we're creatures of pattern. You must say to yourself, I am all-knowing, I am powerful, and I am unlimited because once you invite the universal consciousness on your side, then there's nothing that's stopping you because nothing is impossible. So, Lee, could you talk to us about uh, a life challenge that you went through? Um, any life challenge, any major challenge that you went through, uh, what exactly did you, did you go through and then how did you sort of overcome that challenge? Oh, man, there's been a bunch of them. Um, you know, I think I think one of the most powerful challenges was when I got divorced. Um, and it's been some years ago now. Um, when I got divorced and even though my first wife and I were not what you would call happy together, you know, we were very, I mean, we'd been married for 12 years. We were very connected. It was all familiar. Um, although our relationship, especially my side of our relationship was a mess. Um, and we had two daughters that were um, young at the time. They were like 10 and uh, 7 and 11, I guess. Um, and it so broke my heart, you know, um, and I realized something in that experience because actually, you know, I was told a long time ago a, a quote that, that when our heart breaks, what actually typically happens is the truth shows up and the truth and the story we've been telling ourselves don't match. And something's got to go, right? So um, the truth will prevail and your heart gets broken. So I I had such a deep, like the, I felt like the bottom had fallen out of my life. Although my behaviors and my choices had really undermined our marriage. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a matter of me being wrong, who was wrong or right. But that dream of that relationship breaking and the heartbreak that came with it took me right back to when I was a, when I was 12 and my parents got divorced and I realized over the next, over the ensuing weeks or months or years, you know, that that heartbreak from childhood was still really alive in me. Like it had never, it never been looked at. I'd never sat with it. I didn't even know it was there. I didn't even realize that was still there until the heartbreak of that divorce happened and it connected because it was the same kind of heartbreak. It was the same energy. It was the same sense of loss, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and it woke me up to the fact that, you know, we carry we carry the imprint of our life's experience inside of us. We carry it in our, in our emotional body. We carry it in. It's, I think it's imprinted in our physical body. And that energy doesn't go anywhere until we have stepped into it um, and brought light to it, you know, brought grace to it, brought acceptance um, and sat with it. Um, And it's tough, man. You know, that's not a that's not a fun thing to do. And it's a very powerful. um, It's a very it's like an act of grace that we have the power to to bring into this world, healing our old stuff, healing old heartbreaks, healing old judgments, old vengeances, old opinions, healing that stuff and then letting it go. And as we clean ourselves, you know, and, and we raise ourselves up again and we take responsibility for things and, and we let it all go, we literally are cleaning this legacy that we share as human beings. You know, each one of us, one person at a time, one life at a time, you know, one one experience at a time. As we clean ourselves, we're cleaning the whole human legacy. And that's what I woke up to 
you know, through that, that challenge and that heartbreak, how powerful we really are when we come back to ourselves from a place of love and acceptance and willingness to be honest and to really see the truth of ourselves. Um, then we can free ourselves from that old heavy energy that we've been carrying it around. Thanks a lot for sharing. Uh, if you had to share one life lesson based on your uh, story that you just shared, what would that one life lesson be? Always be honest with yourself. And always allow that honesty, always sit with that honesty. Right? Don't make, I, I, I'm, I'm stumbling on how to, how to frame it. Always be honest with yourself and always be willing to sit with what that honesty is revealing. Got, Got it. it. Thanks a lot for sharing. I think this is a really powerful story, especially for listeners who are listening to this episode right now, because I think uh, everyone in life at some point in our life uh, goes through a heartbreak, whether it's uh, a breakup or a health challenge or some other type of difficulty that we're going through. Um, and like you've mentioned very often, those memories and those experiences, they don't just go away. They're actually imprinted in our body in our physical body, uh, in our chakras, and we don't realize it, but they are deep within our subconscious mind, and they affect us in day-to-day -day life. And until we uh, do the work, do the inner work, uh, do the journey to acknowledge and find out what those uh, imprints are and what those uh, blocks are, they remain there. But the good thing, like you've suggested, is that once we do the work, we are able to show light recognize them acknowledge them and then release it and once we do uh, we're able to make a change but the truth is that when your heart breaks and when you go through a challenge that's when the truth shows up and that's when you realize or maybe find out the story that you've been telling yourself and that's when you get an opportunity to change that story so thanks a lot for sharing that uh, with us lee it was really really uh, inspiring action tribe i hope you're loving this uh, discussion as much as i am and i hope you have some takeaways that you can implement in your life right away now here's a question that i'm sure you've been asked many times in the past or maybe someone has asked you this before right this question who is god and what is god and how do you know uh, if he or she exists do you have any proof right and as we take a new step each and every day towards uncovering the truth for ourselves and in the process learning something about ourselves and the universe around us, uh, I'd like to remind you that there's no hurry. In fact, the more you hurry the process, the more it slips by you, just like grains of sand as you try to grasp it stronger. Um, so, so go as slow or as fast as you're comfortable. And the other thing is to remember that this is your spiritual experience and what you discover from it is a very personal experience. It might differ from what others uncover on their journey. And the more you attempt to put words to articulate what you've experienced, the more futile you realize the effort is. Because as we're learning today, spirituality, in the words of the heart, is actually beyond words. It's beyond thought. And just like Joseph Campbell put, God is a reference to something that transcends all thinking. The ultimate mystery of being is beyond all categories of thought. So bask on that quote for a minute. And with that, we are now at the last but very important round for today, which is called the Wisdom Round. So Lee... This round comprises of four questions, sort of rapid-fire style. And the first question is, what is the best piece of advice that you received? Pay attention. Literally, just pay attention. Be aware. You know, be aware. Go Got ahead. it. If you could turn back time and spend one hour with anyone uh, currently dead or maybe even living, who would it be? Oh, wow. Currently, let's see, anyone? Um, <laughs> it would probably be Quetzalcoatl, who was the avatar of Teotihuacan in Mexico. That's a, that, that, I bet you never had that one answered before that way. No, no. 
<laughs> but uh, I've I've uh, this name sounds very familiar. Wasn't it connected to one of the traditions of um, South America where they saw somebody from afar who visited a traveler from a far distant place that literally changed the lives of those peoples in that land? Isn't isn't that who? Gets, yeah, gets, he was um, Quetzalcoatl was a physical embodiment of what is known as the plumed serpent. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And so he, in essence, was, you could say, the the equivalent of the Christ consciousness in, okay. in Mesoamerica 2000 years ago. Got it. I read that book by Graham Hancock and I really, really enjoyed it. And he spoke about Quetzalcoatl. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correct, but he did speak about that plumed serpent. That's what he mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what is it one thing you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before sleeping that has improved the quality of your life? You know, I just let go of the day. I just, when I get in bed, I just breathe. I breathe deep and I just let go. And and, and I always try, of course, you know, you, can, you can't do it every night. Some nights you're really tired, some nights whatever, you know, but I try and breathe deep and let go and just say thank you, you know. Say thank you. Um, I don't know. It's it's very simple and not very profound, but it works for me. I think simple is definitely the best because that is something that we can do each and every day. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Well, of course, not our book. Um, um, I mean, our book I do recommend – you know, the one book I think that has that I've seen be one of the most impactful across the board um, is The Four Agreements, that book by Don, by Miguel Ruiz. I, I worked with Miguel for for some years, um, but that little book brings such perspective and depth. Um, and it's so simple and so powerful, you know, that it, it had a huge impact on my life and actually the awareness is in that book. Um, I now have my own relationship with what Miguel is teaching in that book. And now it's, it's, you know, if you own a practice, if you own a way of engaging in life, then literally you graduate and that person is no longer your teacher. Now you're the teacher. You understand? It's like the evolution. Um, and so really our book, the Heart Reconnection Guidebook, an aspect of that book came about through my evolution and transformation being a student with Miguel Ruiz and, and in the Toltec world in Mexico, among many other things. Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, Action Tribe, this is a book that I haven't yet read, but it's definitely on my list. And maybe this is the uh, push for me to actually go and read that book. And if you want to join me, uh, reading this book as well, uh, listeners of this show get a free audiobook download through Audible. Now, in case you don't know, um, audiobooks are a great way to consume books, especially if you are a person who travel a lot, maybe back and for, forth from work, uh, maybe even at home. If you like podcasts, <laughs> then you'll definitely love Audible. Now, in case you want your free audiobook download, all you need to do is go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash free book to get your uh, audiobook. And you'll also get a 30-day free trial so that you can try out the service and experience the service of audible.com yourself. Right. So uh, The Four Agreements is definitely a book that is available on Audible. And if you want to uh, order a copy of Lee McCormick's latest book, the discussion that which uh, the, the book that uh, we, we sort of uh, spoke about today and we discussed about today, the Heart Reconnection Guidebook, a guided journey of personal discovery and self-awareness. If you want that book on Amazon, go to my7chakras.com forward slash 266 book. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 266 book. As soon as you visit this link, you'll be taken to the Amazon product page and you'll be able to learn more about this amazing guidebook, which has all the resources, all the information, all the question stems that you would need in order to start this journey of self-inquiry uh, that will allow you to, as we're learning today, 
notice your patterns and then take measures to uh, transform your life and move towards finding your true purpose. So Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and, uh, and how do we find you online? Well, you can find me online at spiritrecovery.com. That's spiritrecovery.com. You can also find me at integrativelifecenter.com. Integrativelifecenter.com. One thing I'm thankful for sitting right here right now is watching the light reflecting off of the ocean. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for my family. And I'm grateful for opportunities to connect like this, man. This is, this is the good stuff right here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Which, which, uh, which city are you in right now? Oh, I'm in Orange Beach, Alabama. Orange Beach, Alabama, and I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia. How, how awesome is that? <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, Action Tribe. I hope you enjoyed today's session. Lee, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of the heart and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you, AJ. I really appreciate it. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.